Good to have you in the house of the Lord. We have the victory. Can we say amen? Let's give the Lord one more hand. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, am I on? I am on. Father. <laughs> I got on just in time to cough into it. Father, we thank you that we have the victory. We are walking in total victory. We are going from glory to glory, blessing to blessing. We are your children on an assignment from you. Yes. We will fulfill that assignment for your glory in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, one more hand for the Lord. Before you're seated, where's Mary Smith? I know, I heard you're here. Where? Mary's not here. Okay. She is not here. Okay. Hallelujah. So far, it's going great. <coughs> Let's make our confession. <laughs> I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Now the only but I can give the Lord a hand on that one too. Now the only but the goody. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. You can be seated. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord, especially our visitors. Glad that you are with us today. I love to laugh, and uh, I've got a little joke book that somebody sent. Not a joke book. These are children's letters to God, not the old version that I had. This is a new version of a guy who got uh, children. They're in like a four, five, six, seven, and uh, they wrote a book of letters to God. And uh, some of them are just extremely cute. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Everybody said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> so no matter what you face, the joy will get you through it. And sometimes my wife, now my wife knows that, and she says that, but sometimes I will try to make her laugh when she doesn't really want to laugh. But I say, honey, this is medicinal. But not, not only that, I have two doctorates. I'm, I'm dispensing pharmaceutical products, spiritual joy, into your life right now. And normally you will do it. You really do it. Now, dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there now. <laughs> That's kind of cute. <clears throat> dear God. It rained for our, A-R-E, whole vacation, and is my father mad? He said some things about you that people are not supposed to say. But I hope you'll not hurt him anyway. Your friend, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. <laughs> and, then, and then there's one, one more cute one in here I really like. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can't do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bible, just open it up to your favorite scripture, and we'll start there. You know, uh, what I'm going to be talking about today uh, is a little bit around the book that, uh, that I felt like the Lord had me to write. 
But uh, why not uh, make the best of the rest? You can do it. And uh, why not make the best of, of the rest of your life? You're going to live it one way or the other. So t tell your neighbor, you're going to live the rest of your life. <laughs> why not make, Thomas, I'm sorry, I haven't got back to you yet, but I'm going to do that. Why not? There's Mary Smith. She is here. <laughs> Mary Smith, Mary, stand up. Some people won't know you. Mary Smith is our newest American citizen. Congratulations, Mary. We're happy for you. That is absolutely awesome. <clears throat> but we're going to live the rest of our lives, so why not live it the way God wants us to live it? September the 4th, 1980, was when a man got into my space and said, just coming up this Wednesday, and said, Bill, you need Jesus. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, why not? Nothing else seems to be working. He was on an assignment from God. He wasn't too busy with his stuff. He was on an assignment from God to tell everybody everywhere what Jesus had done in his life. And everywhere he went, he was talking to people about Jesus and letting the light of Jesus flow from him. I didn't really know what he had. All I knew is I didn't have it. Can you ever been around somebody like that? I'm not sure what they have. All I know is I don't have what he had, and I think I like what he has, even though I don't know what he has. Does that, does that make sense to all of you? This is a little quiet in here today. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up, shake up, act up, do whatever. Okay, now, what did I just say? Uh, I don't know, but just act like it was really the most profound thing you've ever heard, hand clap, praise God. Yeah, there it is, there it is. Say, so is he working the crowd? Yes, I want you more alive. <clears throat> but, but I thank God for that man that truly had something that I didn't have. I was 39 years old, and nobody ever told me I need Jesus. And then, all of a sudden, 40 years comes and goes, and I look back on where it was, and how God had always had a plan for my life, but I didn't know what it was. But then, after that happened, I didn't know how God could use me because I knew all of the bad things that I have done. And if you're not careful in your life, you will focus on things that aren't going right and things that you didn't do right and things that weren't done right to you, and you limit yourself to doing what God has planned for you. Can you say amen to that? See, God has a plan for our life. You can go through life without fulfilling God's plan, and he's going to love you, and he's going to be there for you if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior when your time on this earth ends. But the only thing that is really important is, are you running the race and fulfilling the plan that God has for you? When you get to that point, you'll understand the power that God has available to you in your life. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, it says that God made man in his own image and he gave us power, dominion, and authority on this earth over everything on the face of this earth. This was God's original plan. And he had a purpose for creating mankind, not only to love him, but to fulfill his plan for their destiny. That purpose in our heart today is there by the Holy Spirit if you know, if you know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus... You don't know what God's got planned for you. Uh, so, so, but the first thing, you have to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. And then you begin to move and walk in the dominion that he has for you. And that's what happened to me <coughs> those 
<coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> when I was first saved, I did not think God could ever use me. How many of you know what I'm talking about in your own personal life? How could God ever use me? I know what I did. He knows what I did. Other people know what I did. Who am I to be able to do what he is saying I can do? But we know that's true, that we can do whatever God said. And that's why we want to get into the scriptures today and talk about what God has to say about his plan and his purpose for your life. So let's all make this. We're going to Isaiah 55. Let's just say it. I believe that God does have a plan for my life. And that I can do whatever he says I can do. <clears throat> it's not you. It's up to him. And this is what the word of God says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then it goes on in verse number 11 to say, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void. <coughs> it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing in which I send it. Now, we're going to go to Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14, and what we're doing is laying the foundation for what we're going to be talking about here, about you being all that God has called you to be. <coughs> for I know, this is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and to give you hope. That word thought means intentions, plans, and purposes. Let's read it that way. For I know the intention and the plan and the purpose that I have for you, says the Lord. And this intention and plan and purpose isn't for evil, but it's to give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me, you will go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search me, with all of your heart. Can we all say amen? amen. <clears throat> what would you be doing right now if you knew you couldn't fail and if you knew you had all the money? Would you be doing what you're doing right now or would there be something else that you would be pursuing and focusing on in the realm of the spirit? Turn to your neighbor and tell them what you'd be doing right now. I know you can't do that because you're not really sure what that. <clears throat> but I want to share with you one of the most important things that all of you need to have. And that is your prayer journal. You hear me talk about this all the time. I live out of the Word of God and my prayer journal. My prayer journal is what I believe God is speaking to me that He's showing me to do. I cannot understand much of what I write in my prayer journal. The reason I can't understand it, I can read it, I know what it says, the reason I can't understand it is because it is beyond my mental comprehension as to how to do it. Is it quiet in here or is it just me? Is it is quiet? It is quiet? Good word. So everybody's quiet just hanging on the good word. Oh, hallelujah. I write things in my prayer journal when I'm praying and talking to God. And it's like... I don't understand this. I believe that's why God told us in Proverbs chapter 3, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge me. I have written in my prayer journal uh, not too long ago that uh, Victory World Outreach will impact every nation of the world 
and that there will be an orphanage that I will show you and that Stanley in that country that you will be able to find financial support to and connect them and it will touch the children of the world. I don't know how to do that. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't know how to do that either. God is speaking things to you that have nothing to do with money and they have nothing to do with your abilities. If he can use, is it a donkey? Balaam's donkey? It says a donkey in the Bible or ass. I don't remember. A donkey. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. No, I didn't mean that to be funny. But, but, but if he can, <laughs> this I did mean to be funny. If he can use it. If he can use a donkey, he can use you. So turn to your neighbor and say, if he can use a donkey, he can use you. Think about this just for a moment. And, and I, I'm starting to reread the Actually, I've never read the book since it was finished. Uh, I'm just starting to read the book. And uh, uh, part of it makes me cry. Uh, but but when, I, when I realize what God did in my life, and I think, God, I don't know how to do this. And I can't tell you how many times I've said to God, God, I don't know how many to do this. And God says, I do. And it's like, well, that makes sense. And, and, and then one day I heard this in my spirit. I heard it in my spirit. I am smarter than you. I heard that. I believe God has a sense of humor. How many of you believe God has a sense of humor? He's not up there, you are therefore there condemned. No, I don't believe he's like that. I believe he's got a lot of sense of humor. If you want to know what God's like, read the fruits of the Spirit. That is the fruit of God. The fruits of the Spirit are God. Love, peace, joy, happiness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control, glory to God. All that stuff he has, he gave to us. And, and so if we really believe that God can do it, then our most important thing is to get into our prayer journal and find out what God is saying and then not trying to understand it. And when you, if, if that becomes a routine in your life, it'll change your life. Otherwise, you'll get on a treadmill of life. You go to work, you get your paycheck. You go to work, you get your paycheck. You go to work, you get your paycheck. You go to sleep, you sleep eight hours maybe. You work eight hours. Uh, you do cut your grass two hours. Uh, you water your lawn one hour. Uh, you cook your food for three hours, and then you do it over and over again for 865 years. You know, in other words, it just goes on and on and on. How many of you remember the old Peggy Lee song? If that's all there is... Let's just keep on dancing. Nobody remembers that. I think you have to be pretty old to remember that. I'm not going to say who you are because you raise your hand. I said you've got to be pretty old. That wouldn't flow. But, but the most exciting thing in the world is to be on the cutting edge of what God has called you to do. And I have finally settled the issue. God can use me. I know he can use me because he can use anybody. I don't know how to do what he shows me to do. But he does, and if I ask him not only what he has to do with my life, what he wants me to do with it and how he wants me to do it, he'll show you. I've said this many times in this church, but it's so true. God will never tell you, excuse me, God will never not tell you what he wants you to know. Tell your neighbor, God will always tell you what he wants you to know. All you have to do is listen to God and make sure you're doing it. One of my all-time heroes uh, it, it is Oral Roberts. And when God sent us to Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, to be part of Victory Christian Center, we met on the campus of Oral Roberts University. Oral Roberts was part of our church. He came and attended. Never knew him personally. I got to shake his hand. Pam worked with Oral Roberts and Billy Joe for a while in the City of Faith. and I mean, not City of Faith, but Oral Roberts University. 
And uh, what an exciting man. He was a man who ran away from home. Uh, he was rebellious. He turned against his father, who was the pastor. Uh, he developed tuberculosis in the process, uh, almost died. They carried him in on a cot, put him in the back bedroom of a home, and said, you have so many months to live, and that's all, and that you're going to you know, uh, die very quickly. And uh, his brother, Vaden, came to him one night, said, there's a healing evangelist down the road, and I'm going to take you to him, and he's going to heal you tonight. Or Robert said, when he said, God is going to heal you tonight, it just exploded within me. God is going to heal you tonight. Went to the tent evangelist, prayed for him. Oral came back, didn't notice any particular change. Next day, his life started to change, and he was healed. Absolutely miraculously healed by the power of God. And then he felt like God was calling him into full-time ministry, but he didn't know how to do it. Started a church in Enid, Oklahoma. Enid, Oklahoma, the church started, never grew, never grew, never grew, never grew. They had some signs, wonders, and miracles, but never grew. God told them, I've called you to reach the world with an Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association. He said, didn't know how to do it, didn't know what to do, but God began to show him how to do it. Then God spoke to him and said, I want you to build me a university that will impact the entire world and take the light and the power of the Holy Spirit where it is dark and is not known. He says, I don't know how to build a university. Everybody say, I don't know how. Don't know. Say it real loud. I don't know how. But God does, and God told him, I want you to build this university, I'll build it for you. And he had him go out and walk some land out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And as he walked that land, he saw buildings, and he saw things, and he had an artist sketch it out for him. And, uh, and the artist said, yeah, all this can be done. He went to the people who owned the land, and he said, I want to, it's a big, empty, it's like a farmland out there. How many of you have ever been to Tulsa and seen Oral Roberts University? Looks something like still out of the future, but that university was built in 1964, I believe, and is still impacting the entire world. And Oral said, I don't know how to build this. And God says, I do. Just do what I tell you to do. <clears throat> Everybody say this. Do what God says. And people said, we are never going to sell this land to you. We don't want you to have this land, and we don't want this land to be a university. And Oral came away and said, you know, he basically, what, what do I do now? And God said, I will take care of it. Everybody say, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. What man says, see, in Genesis chapter 1, we have dominion, power, and authority on this earth. The dominion, power, and authority is to bring forth God's will. No matter what man says, it is subject to the will of God. Wanted to tell you that, that, that somebody gave a book. Wanda Smith has a reputation. Can you wave your hand? They probably don't know who you are. Wanda Smith has a reputation. Pam gave somebody a book, or Chris gave somebody the book. The person read the book, and I guess what impressed them was the fact that I used to cuss, uh, and that I have in the book somewhere about this. Uh, I was given a plaque that says, I love Jesus, I just cuss a little. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a cute Black. Unfortunately, it's very apropos. It's back in my office. And uh, so the lady was telling the story. She came up to me at the curtain and said to me, I love your pastor's book. She goes, I found out who the mystery woman is. And I said, huh? <laughs> Honestly, I found out. Yeah, it's Wanda Smith, my musician. <laughs> she uh, apparently, in a book, it just said somebody in the church gave me a plaque. 
the lady doesn't attend a church, doesn't know even anything about a church, I don't think, but she knew that Wanda Smith would be the person who would give a plaque like that. So <laughs> whatever that means about Wanda, I don't really know. <laughs> but what is fascinating is that how a man with, without the education in academia to build a university did exactly what God said and said that land is our land. God said that is our land. Now, could he have missed God? Yes, we all miss God from times to time. But the longer you hear from God, the less you're going to miss God because you're going to recognize the voice. I know the voice. I know I can make mistakes, but God can't. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God cannot make a mistake. <clears throat> and so, therefore, we stand on what the Word of God is. Fast forward a couple of years back in that era of time, or Robert's got a call from the people's attorney. And they said they've changed their mind. They want to get rid of that land, and they're going to sell it for less money now than what you offered them back then. The rest is all history. The university is impacting the entire world with spirit-filled professionals going into every man's world. Why? Because it was God's will and because somebody agreed to come in line with God's will. God has a plan for your life. We are on this earth on an assignment from God. And if you don't re realize this, then every day is another ho-hum. What's the weather going to be? Is it going to rain? Going to not? Oh, yeah, I go to work. I do my thing. I punch in this and I do that and all. Is that all there is to life? No, no, no. There's a whole lot more. You have an assignment from God. You may not know what it is, but there is an assignment for you, and it doesn't matter what your age is. You are on an assignment from God. Tell your neighbor, you are on an assignment from God. When Joe Livesey led me to the Lord, he didn't know that he was going to impact children in the Sudan. He didn't know that he was going to birth a church. He didn't know that he was going to bring Pam into my life. But he was part of the master plan. And we all have a segment for this to do and to accomplish for God so that we get to the point, and this sounds sometimes like a little arrogance, but I, but I, I think it's self-confidence. And the reason why I feel this way is because when I was first saved, I didn't think God could use me. I've been divorced. I don't need to tell you all the stuff I did. I never planned to tell you all the stuff I did. But I can guarantee you the book made me look a lot better than I was. Because, because I wasn't about to put everything in that book. It'd have to be R-rated. But I did a lot of bad things. I could never see myself righteous. Took a long time for me to see that. Pam tried to tell me what righteousness was. I didn't understand it. Went to Victory Bible Institute, sat under a teacher who just day in, day out, talked about righteousness, the price that was paid for our life who we are now through the blood. I'd come home and I'd tell Pam, she said, I told you that. And I said, well, now I've heard it. <laughs> so once you see yourself and say, God, I'm on assignment for you. Whose world do you want us to change today? Where do you want us to go? How much money do you want us to give away? What kind of investment do you want us to make? Where are we going to go today? I have something in this book right here. I'm not going to read it to you, but when I wrote it down, it's like, you got to be kidding. And then I worked again, 
And, and I don't know about you, but God talks to me the way I talk to him. In other words, I don't, I don't think he talks old King James. I, I, I think, you, God, you've got to be kidding. No, I'm not kidding, Bill. This is really what I want you to know. <laughs> this is how I feel I hear. And it's like, whoa, man, we're going to do great work today, aren't we? I don't know how to do this. I know you don't know how to do it, Bill. Just put it down in the book. And now my nose is running. Glory to God. <clears throat> I am healed in Jesus' name. And so then you start to read. Now, some of you have a prayer journal, and I commend you for it. Some of you don't, and you're missing life. You are absolutely missing life. And, and, and the prayer journal says, wow, this is really good. And then sometimes God will take me back to another era of my prayer journal. <clears throat> I'm not saying this because it's me, but I'm telling you it has changed my life. In 1980, somebody told me when I first got saved, you need a prayer journal. And you need to chronicle everything that you think God said. And my first prayer journal, I had it for two days. I wrote in it what God, I thought God said and what he was going to do. And the next day he didn't do it. I threw my prayer journal away. Absolutely threw my prayer journal away. Pam said, I can't believe you did that. And I said, this stuff doesn't work. That's exactly what I said. Because two days went by and God didn't do what he said. Well, from 1980 to the present, I have those prayer journals. And every once in a while, God will take me back into a place where he spoke to me. And I'm watching it come to pass. I'm seeing it come to pass. God will lead and guide you by the word of God, the written word of God, and by the prayer journal if you do what he says. Everybody say, I just have to do what he says. In the Bible, it talks about the power and authority and dominion that God gave us in the new covenant in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And the scripture says, <clears throat> when Jesus was talking about who do people say that I am, Peter said, you're the son of God. And he said, that, that, that's been re re revealed to you by my father. And it says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of God. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heavenlies. What you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavenlies. And that we have the authority to bind and loose the power of the devil to bind it and to loose the power of God. So let's all say this right now because we're going to loose the power of God right now. Let's just say, I am on an assignment from God, I am on assignment from God to accomplish His purpose, to accomplish his purpose and, his and His plan for my life. For my life. I will complete my assignment. I, my assignment. I, bind I bind the works of the devil. He plays with my mind, with my mind. but only if I let him. I have a good mind. I have a, I have a sound mind. When you get downloaded on the Word of God, the Word of God in Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's all say it like I mean it. I can do all things. Then he says in 4.13, I'll supply all of your needs. God supplies all of our needs. Let's all say it. My God, my God. will supply, will supply all, of my all of my needs according to his riches and glory. How much money and glory in glory do you think God's got in his heavenly bank? He's not talking about dollars and cents. He's talking about he can change anything. He can move land. He can move people. He can move resources. He can open doors. He'll have, he, he'll have people give you things. The wealth of the righteous is stored up. I said that backwards, didn't I? How many of you caught it? How many of you didn't catch it? You're missing <laughs> the wealth of the wicked. Store it up for the righteous. So therefore, God's going to supply all of our needs. How's he going to do it? I have no idea, but I know he's going to do it. 
because God said he would. In the Bible, there's a couple of interesting stories. One is in, uh, I'm just going to reference them uh, for time's sake. One of them is, <coughs> excuse me, Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 35 through 44, Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. You know, a lot of people who need to get a hold of their tongue to realize, okay, I'm on an assignment from God. I know he's going to show me what to do. Once he shows me what to do, I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm going to leave it with him, not lean my own understanding, but know that he's going to bring it to pass. The disciples, these are two separate stories. One of them, Jesus is telling the disciples to get in the boat and we're going to go to the other side. And he says, I'm going to go to the back and take a nap. And so he goes in the back of the boat, takes a nap. About halfway across there, the storm breaks out on the Sea of Galilee. And it looks like the water is coming into the boat. And all the disciples, they get all upset and everything. And Jesus, they finally go wake Jesus up. And he says, oh, you have little faith. You know, why, why are you fearful? He calms the wind. He calms the storm. Goes back, takes a nap. Uh, back to taking a nap. And the disciples are in wonderment that what he said to do, they were going to do instead of sink. They entertained a thought contrary to what the word of God said. The word of God said, get in the boat and go to the other side. The issue, if you understand the word of God, the issue is settled. Let's all say, get in the boat, go to the other side, issue is settled. Nothing can stop you from fulfilling God's plan if you are in agreement. The other one, Jesus wasn't in the boat at the time. He went off to pray. Same situation. Storm came up. Uh, water was flashing all over the place. Said the winds were a boisterous wind. Uh, Jesus comes walking on the water. People can't understand how Jesus walked on the water. I don't know how he did it, but I know he did it because God said he did it through the Word, and the Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So therefore, he comes walking toward the boat. Peter sees him. They all get afraid. How many of you realize that fear is your mortal enemy? Tell your neighbor, fear is your mortal enemy. Fear is the number one thing that came out of the fall in the garden. If you ever understand Genesis chapter 3, first thing that came when they did what they did, they feared God and ran and hid from God. But it said fear entered in. Fear is your mortal enemy. If you're supposed to be in a boat and go to the other side, don't be focused on the storms of life. Focus on the Word of God. God said you'll bring you through. Storms are not your problem. Fear is the challenge most people have. And if you get rid of fear, you can do anything, anytime, anywhere for God. There will be no fear in you for the devil to play with and hold on to you. But in this particular scenario, Peter comes out and he says, Jesus, if that's you walking on the water, bid me to come. And Jesus says, Come. Now he's got the Word of God. He can focus on the Word of God or he can focus on the storm. Tell your neighbor, you can focus on anything you want. But it will go well with you if you will focus on what did God say. God said on August the 24th, this is what he said. It lines up with the Word of God. This issue is settled. And what happened was when Peter got out there, he was doing exactly what God said. Come on, Peter. Come on out and walk on the water. And he did. But then it said that Peter became distracted. We have a tendency in the world that we're in today to be multitask type people, and everything is something we have to address immediately. I've got to pull the weed. got to cut the grass. got to wash the dishes. got to go over here. got to see this thing. got to take care of this. If I don't do this, they'll be upset with me. i got to do this over here. 
Before you know it, you are so busy being busy that you aren't even enjoying life. You have no idea what God said to you, and you don't even know what you're doing. You're just here going through the motions of life. Been there, done that. Let's all say it. Been there, done that. And that's not the way God wants us to live our life. He wants us to be laser focused on what did God say. Pastor Billy Joe Dory, a man who influenced my life tremendously. What a, what a godly man he was. He saw something in me, and I know I've said this and shared it in the book. He saw something in me that I never saw. My wife saw something in me that I never saw. All I saw was a broken down person who had been divorced, $30,000 in debt, disappointed a lot of people, disappointed myself. I'm sure I disappointed my parents. All I saw is a person that if I were left alone very long, I would start to cry. That even happens today, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but I would start to cry. But then <clears throat> this man, he saw something in me, and he began to use me. And I had this thought all the time. If he really knew what my background was, he really wouldn't like me. But that wasn't true. He was being led by the Holy Spirit to try to encourage, exhort, and edify so that every person could be all that they're called to be. You are called to be an exhorter, an encourager, and an edifier. And if you're on an assignment from God, you're going to be looking for people that you can help to encourage, exhort, and edify. And you're not going to be sitting on the side of the road licking your wounds. God has healed your wounds. You're going to be out there on an assignment from God saying, who can I help today? Who can I give an encouraging word? Don't be the person that always has to have the encouraging word. Make sure that you have the encouraging word so you can give it everywhere that you go. There are people waiting for you. I was waiting for Joe Livesey, but I had no idea. And when Pastor Doherty came on the scene, and then I'd hear his testimony. He'd had some stuff he did in high school he wished he hadn't done, but he did them anyway. But then he's a football star. He got a scholarship. He's going to the university uh, in Arkansas, uh, quarterback and just a you know, big man on the campus. He's walking across the football field one day, and right about the 50-yard line, he said he just stopped, and all of a sudden his life flashed before him. And he said, you can have all this if you want it, Billy Joe, or you can have what I want. What do you want? And he said, well, I want what you want. And he said, okay. I want you to leave the university. I want you to go to Oral Roberts University. So Oral Roberts University. He didn't even know at the time anybody that was there. He found out very quickly that he did. He didn't know anybody that was there. Make a long story short, he ended up doing it, going to Oral Roberts University. Only had enough money saved up for one semester. And the only way he could go and afford to go through the school was to wash uh, the athletic. Uh, he got a job washing the athlete's uh, uh, clothes for all the different sporting events. While he was there thinking, what am I doing? I can only stay here one semester. He met a man who he befriended while he was there. And this man got promoted and had an opportunity to be ahead of all of the dorm chaplains at Oral Roberts University. And during the summer break, or during the break after the first semester, this man was put in charge with another group of people of selecting uh, dorm room chaplains. And the chaplains at that time were given a full ride scholarship to Oral Roberts University. And the chaplain was looking at a list of names. Billy Joe felt the Lord told him, put your, list, your name on that list that you'd like to be a chaplain. Put his name on that list, not thinking anything about it other than being led by the Holy Spirit. 
And the people were all sitting around looking at the names on this room. They said, we don't really know anybody. And the guy who Billy Joe had defended said, well, I don't know any of these names either, except this one guy, Billy Joe Doherty. I know him. He is a really nice guy. Well, let's give him. And he got a full ride scholarship for the rest of the trip. Folks, every day is a new day to be led by the Holy Spirit to do something that you won't necessarily know why you're doing it. But if you do it, it'll open the door to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And each step that we take, God is watching to see if he can take us to the next step. <clears throat> Romans 12, 1 and 2, which you hear me talk about all the time in this church, I believe it is the key to mental health. I believe it is the key to uh, your immune system. I believe it is a key to your uh, fruit of the Spirit flowing in your life. I believe it is a, a key to long life. I believe it's your key to being the person God wants you to be. I believe it is your key to being the image of Christ and manifesting that everywhere that you go. And it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it's giving us instructions right back to the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, we were supposed to be exactly like God and to be formed in His image and have dominion over everything on this earth. And it said that we present our body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is just our reasonable service. And that we refuse to be conformed to the things of this world, but we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. I am on an assignment from God. That is the perfect will of God. God has given us an assignment to reach the orphans of the world. That is the will of God. He'll take care of the finances. He'll take care of the divine encounters. He'll take care of the encounter just like he took care of in Stanley, in Juba, South Sudan, when the first trip was over there, didn't even know why I was on the trip, meet Stanley, and God says, I want you to come alongside this man. He has the vision. He has the plan. He knows what exactly I'm saying. And so when we do that, we start to operate in the center of the will of God. We get up in the morning and say, God, what are we going to do today? This is going to be an exciting day. you got people for me to impart to. you got things for me to do. But not everything looks like it's going the way we think it should, but God is going ahead and preparing the way so that we're focusing on what God has for us to do. And sometimes people say, well, yeah, but I tried something and it didn't work. <clears throat> Everybody say this together. Join the crowd. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, join the crowd. You're not going to bat a thousand percent, but you will bat a thousand percent if you are focused on what God said. A lot of times we do miss it, but the Word of God is so good. And this word that I'm going to kind of close the service with really exploded in my heart, oh, 30 years ago. I've never forgotten this word the first time I heard it. don't remember when I heard it, but it just exploded in my heart. And it's Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Because even after I was saved, uh, remember how I got us in a real mess out there in Tulsa with that first house? Glory, oh, glory to God. <clears throat> There's a book that I read after, I wish I'd read it first, but right after I was saved, uh, I made some of the dumbest, I, I, I could write a book on dumb decisions. That might be a good title. <clears throat> I, I made some of the dumbest decisions. I, I could tell you some of the decisions I made right now, and you said, There's no way you could have done that. And I said, Oh, yeah, I did. I really did. Uh, but I, I put a fleece, I didn't know what a fleece was, but anyway, I, I got into so much trouble. <clears throat> Later on, I read a book by Fred Price called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. 
I want you to know as your pastor, I have excelled in all three. <laughs> all three I have excelled in. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but it's, it's Roman 8.28, and it says, All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I've made some really bad decisions. How can this work together for good? I can't tell you how strong I am in that area of my life where I failed. And God showed me what I did wrong and how many people God's brought across my path who have done exactly what I did. And so been there, done that. There's hope for you. Don't do it again because it's really stupid. <laughs> but there is hope for you. How do you know? Because I was there. And I did the very same thing. And that, that way you don't feel bad about yourself. Even to this day when I make a mistake, I don't feel bad about myself. I didn't do it intentionally. I thought it was the right thing to do. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what? This, I'm sure this is the right thing to do. Pam and I even, well, usually when we come in agreement, it isn't the wrong thing. Usually it's when I do it without you being in agreement with me. Uh, <laughs> which I've, I'm learning, I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning that this is a helpmate to me. And, uh, but, but now it's not like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? It's like, oh God, I know you're going to strengthen me in that area of my life because I'm on an assignment from you. And while I'll miss it from time to time, and so will you, but you'll learn and be strengthened in the area when you miss it. I want to close with this. I said I was going to close with that, but that's not true. Uh, second, <laughs> second Timothy chapter 1 uh, verse 7 is, is who you really are. And anything contrary to this is from the devil or from the world or from people on an assignment from the devil to try to stop you from being what God's called you to do. But it said, Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you from the laying on of my hands because God has not given you a spirit of fear. Everybody say, God's not given me fear. I could ask for a show of hands, but I'm not going to. How many of you feel fearful from time to time? And probably all of us could raise our hands. Anytime that happens, you have to bind it, you have to cut the cord, and you have to say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke that. I have no fear. I have no fear because perfect love casts out all fear. So it says, <clears throat> for God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given me power, love, and a sound mind. So let's all say, I have, I have power, power love, love, and a sound mind. Yes, Anything contrary to that is an attack from the enemy trying to get you off course because you have no fear. Now let's look at the sound mind. This is what you have if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. <coughs> it's a coming. A sound mind. <clears throat> Think we have it? If we don't, I will read it to you. But this is what you have and what you have to understand that if you ever have anything contrary to this, it is an attack from the devil trying to get you off of your assignment. I don't mean that some of us don't feel these things, but don't accept it. Don't meditate it. You have no fear. Speak things that are not as if they were. Let's just say, I have no fear. We get to the point we refuse fear. We are on an assignment from God. A sound mind means that you have good judgment, 
you have disciplined thought patterns, and you have the ability to understand and make decisions. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. Holy Spirit gift in us that will continually manifest when we yield to it. So therefore, you and I, and just leave it up there, <coughs> you and I have a sound mind. So let's just say, I have a sound mind. Now I can guarantee you, there are times during the course of the day when any one of you would say, I have anything but what appears to be a sound mind. My mind has gone crazy right now. It is because it is not focused on the things of God and what God has shown you. You say, I have a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. Your mind tries to say, but you don't have any money. I have the riches of glory in my bank account. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I truly am the head and the tail. I truly am on an assignment from God. I truly am blessed in everything that I do. If I miss it, God will strengthen me in that area of my life. But my assignment has not changed. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what God has done. And we will complete our God-given assignment. I will make the best of the rest of my life. Or make the rest of your life the best of your life. I had John Mason, who <coughs> helped publish the book for me. Uh, he's a, a best-selling author, a great guy, friend of ours out in Tulsa. But, but when he was looking at some of the book, he said, you know, you could stick in there sometime, Bill, not only make the best of the rest, but you could put in there somewhere, let the rest of your life be the best of your life. And I thought, whoa, I really like that. Do I have to give you credit or can I just stick it in there? He said, just stick it in there. It's okay. But it really came from John Mason. But we can do that. We can make the rest of our life the best of our life. And all you've got to do is ask God. Now, I want to ask you this question before we close because it's so important. You've got to settle the issue. If you don't settle this issue, none of this is going to work for you. There are a lot of people that they don't think they're here on earth by assignment and for an assignment from God. They just think they just live their life. But God, it's like being in the military, and you have an MOS, a military occupational specialty. There's a plan and a purpose for every military specialty. Mine was, mine was 6491, it was air wing, aircraft logistics. Uh, everybody has an MOS in the military, and this is your area of specialty. You, you may not do what somebody does over here. Pam as multi-MOS in the realm of the spirit. You know, you're a bad example uh, because you have so many gifts. I'm serious. She's anointed to music. She's anointed to cheese. She's an anointed administrator. She's an awesome, she got all sorts of MOSs. I need to use somebody else. <laughs> but, but in other words, you, got, you know what you're called to do. You know what you're called to do. You are. You have all these gifts. <clears throat> but, but, but you get to the point where you say, I know. See, I know, I hope this sounds right, I know God has an assignment for the rest of my life. And I know that all the areas I screwed up, they're making me stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. We're not going to raise $12,000. We already did that. We're not going to raise $50,000. We already did that. We're not going to raise $100,000. We didn't do that. We missed it. We only raised 70. I believe we're going to raise a million dollars for the orphans of the world. I really do. 
the first thought might be, well, how can you do that? I have no clue. But I know that I serve a really wealthy guy. And a million dollars to him means nothing. God will take care of every need. Let's all stand. And see, to, for you, if you come to the decision, God really has me here on an assignment. Now, don't cop out and say, my assignment is my family. Yes, that's true. He wants you to raise your family, and he wants you to be a godly example. Well, my, my, my business is my assignment. No, no. Your business is a mechanism God will use. Your family is somebody he wants you to raise. But he has a plan way beyond that. He has a plan from now until the end. And I believe that when we get to the end, Matthew chapter 16, I think it's verse 24, if you have it up there. I keep saying we're done, and then I add another scripture. But it's Matthew 16, 24. Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. And then, there it is. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And then it says that the day is coming for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my, 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 my sake will find it. And then look at this last verse. <coughs> this is what's eventually going to happen. Oh, that's not it. For what profit is a man that gains the world? Ah, there you, where's the last one? Go to the last verse. Yep. For then the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with the angels, and he will reward each of us for our works. What did I call you to do? What did you do with it? I do not believe God is going to be up there when we stand before him, whether it be the rapture of the church or whatever process he uses. I don't believe he's going to have a big list up there of the things we did wrong. If he is, he's going to be reading a long time, my list. I don't think that's going to how it's going to work. I think it's going to be very simple. I think he's going to say, Chris, what'd you do? with what I told you to do. I think you say, Lisa, what did you do with what I told you to do? And I don't think he's going to be looking for the answers, thinking, oh, I didn't know what you said. I didn't hear you. I think a lot of us, I know this is me in the beginning. We hear what God is showing us. We pretend we don't hear. We just go about something else instead of concentrating on what he said. And I'll close with this one thought. I felt, I felt like the lady was what the Lord was calling me into full-time ministry, but I couldn't believe how it would work. And I was out in Tulsa, just got there, Linda Turner, walking down the hallway, and this lady came up to me, and she said, you know you're called to full-time ministry, you're called to be a pastor. And she walked away from me. That's all she said. I thought, man, she is really weird. <laughs> it's like she's reading my mail. She knew what she was talking about. It was hard for me to accept it, but God will get your attention that way. God's plan and purpose for your life has never changed. It will never change. If you don't understand how old I am, it never changed. It's still the same. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray for every person that's here today. Lord, that if there's one person that has strayed away from you, 
I pray this will be the day they come home. Lord, I, I pray that if there are people here who have never received you as the Lord and Savior, that this is the moment. If you're here and you'd say, I know my life is not right with God. I know I need to give my heart to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. Father, you know every person here. anyone at all let's pray right now Jesus I believe that you're the son of God I believe that you died for my sins I ask you to come into my heart take control of my life true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you call me now, I know in my spirit there are people here who have strayed away from what God's called you to do. Some of you I know personally about your situations. Some of you I just know about the spirit. But I know this. Until you make a decision that my heart, my soul, my spirit is yielded to God. God, I will do whatever you call me to do. I will be whoever you've called me to be. I'll do whatever you called me to do. Then you'll never enter into that realm that God has for you. So I'm going to ask you, will you give your entire life and your entire being to really enter into that assignment for Give him everything that you have and say, God, it is truly no longer I who live, but it is Christ within me who lives. I will yield to you in every area of my life to be what you have called me to be. If that's you, would you lift your hand so I can pray for you? Now, Father, you see the hands that are lifted here today. And Lord, I believe that this is a special moment in the realm of the Spirit between you and each individual. And I pray, Lord, that by the power of your precious Holy Spirit moving in each life of each hand that is lifted, that they will enter into a new realm, in the realm, of the Spirit to accomplish for your glory the plan and the purpose that you have for their life. I pray it, I decree it in the precious name of Jesus and I bind anything and everything that tries to be contrary to that in the name of Jesus everyone said and we're going to close with this scripture I love to close it but it's 1 Corinthians so let's all say it thanks be to God who gives me the victory therefore I am steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that my labor, that my labor 
is not in vain. Can you say amen to that? One more confession for all of us. I am here on assignment from God. He will lead and guide me. He will show me what to do and what not to do. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. Therefore, with him, I am going from glory to glory and glory to glory to fulfill my God-given destiny. Can you say amen to that? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.